Hello, everybody, and welcome to another evening of Wednesday Night Football, the podcast where I break down the worst game of the previous slate, and then we look forward to the Thursday night game, which is usually the worst game of the next slate, (laughs) and we just talk about some mid-football, and my guest this week is Matthew Sponauer, my esteemed co-host on the Stay Hot podcast, and a Panthers fan. It's an honor to be here. And a Panthers fan, unfortunately. Is, oh, my God. Which is why I brought him on, because this week's Thursday night game is especially bad. It's a battle for the first overall pick, so I guess that's the intrigue. <laughs> but it's it's really not a battle, because it can only the Bears can only win that battle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's... It's been... I don't know. Has any team ever been in this situation before, like the Panthers, where they traded away their pick, and then it's like the first overall pick, they're the worst team? It it was close that, like, last year with the Rams. The Rams were pretty bad, and so were the Broncos, but they were never as bad as the Panthers are now. And it was always like, oh, they gave away a top 10 pick, maybe even a top 5 pick. But it was never quite... They just gave up Caleb Williams, you know, like they just gave up. Oh, oh, dude, really... dude, this is going to end in like the ultimate, you know, look what the Panthers ended up giving up for Bryce Young because Carter was taken ninth and then it's going to be like Caleb Williams or or maybe the Bears trade the pick somehow. Maybe it's like second overall. They trade it to some other team that needs a quarterback that turns into like five first. All those guys end up being Hall of Famers. It's ugly. So we're going to get into all just how ugly that is with a breakdown of what that game is going to look like. But in my opinion, the worst game of the last slate, although there were plenty to choose from, was the Monday night football game between the Jets and the Chargers, which was a low-scoring affair. And it was also never close because the Chargers scored twice at the beginning. So just devoid of any intrigue except for on this podcast where we're going to do a pretty in-depth discussion about what happened. So let's get into it. And let's start with the, let's start with Justin Herbert. Let's start with Justin Herbert. Let's. If you listen to Stay Hot with me and Matt, you know that it is never Justin Herbert's fault in my eyes. We even had a thumbnail depicting this with him with angel wings and a halo and me looking dismayed after a, I, for, I forget I forget who tweeted it out, but somebody was like, you've got to be kidding me. When you, when we VBS, VBS tweeted it out. Shout he, out. He couldn't, he couldn't believe it. Um, <laughs> Herbert, I believe, had, what was the stat line? It was pretty bad. 136 yards, 53.3 completion percentage, zero touchdowns, zero picks, and a 65.4 rating. And that's five out sacks of, as well. It took five sacks. Matt, you were you're watching it with more unbiased eyes than me. I was watching through my through my fingers with my hands over my face <laughs> and frequently looking away. So how did how did Justin Herbert do? I kind of like to play the foil to you of like you think Justin <laughs> Herbert's the the like golden boy, and I'm like, no, no, he's not a winner, he's a loser. It's really just that simple. So I went into this game with an un, like with a biased eye. I think I was like, you know, Herbert never gets hammered for his mistakes, but like, dude, no Mike Williams out there. 
it's it's tough sledding. The thing about like his supporting cast, first off, their run game is the worst in the league. Outside of week one where they tore up Miami, they have the worst like EPA per rush and worst success rate. I think it's under 25% on runs of any team in the league. Uh, and that, that was no different tonight. I think they ended up having like around four yards of carry, but it was like Eckler a bunch, and it didn't matter. Their interior offensive line is really, really rough. Uh, so there's no way to establish that. Then, uh, you know, the the pressure from the offensive line is that it's letting up is brutal. And there are a few times in this game, I think there's one early where it's like nobody's there and Herbert scrambles out and like just finds a way maybe to get it to Eckler. I can't remember who. And I, I thought I had to give him some props for that because um, it's one thing to create when there's pressure and rolling out and finding somebody. It's another thing to create, roll out, there's nobody, and, and you just find a way to, to lay it in there and, and, and play off some some leverage that he had and not much else. But the, the, the thing that stood out to me is like with Quinton Johnston being their first-round draft pick, it's such a disaster because it's not only that he's not creating opportunities down the field like you want, but it's more so like you're playing without another receiver almost. Yeah. There's so many play. I mean, there's so many plays where he's getting pushed out of bounds. If they track that as a stat, I'm certain <laughs> that he would – I'm certain that he would leave. P- PFF, get on this. We had <laughs> – the dam we need to track dams in route running and getting pushed out of bounds at and, it and gotums gotums uh, right gotum but on top of that i mean the 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 tracking down the field is not really there for him either and he he doesn't use his size at all he is tall but he doesn't use his size and i i, I think i was starting to form an opinion that I, I couldn't quite tweet this out because Rasheed Rice has been okay, but like, I think NFL teams overestimate size in receiver prospects, and I think a lot of the guys who get overdrafted in the NFL, wide receiver wise, are getting overdrafted because they're big, and the hope is that they'll play big, but they really don't. You know, I think about like all the receivers who are smaller, who even I had lower on my board or who at least I had like lower just in like my general placement of where I thought they'd go. A lot of them have turned out. Downs has been great. Tank Dell's been great. All the smaller guys in the first round have been great. Uh, I I think the Chargers just really reached for a certain archetype of receiver instead of looking at what was actually available, and they sort of forced it. And it it makes things really tough. And then when you don't have Mike Williams out there, I don't – I don't know if he took a deep shot this game. Not maybe not more than one or two. No, it's it's impossible. You just don't have the guys in the receiving core and you don't have the protection to hold up. It, the line has been so incredibly disappointing. Mm-hmm. Especially Slater. He had a a rep in this game where Bryce Huff, who is this extremely productive edge rusher, who he It's is crazy. Very, very His good. numbers are nuts, man. So getting beat by Bryce Huff, there might be no shame in that, honestly. But just the manner and the swiftness of which Huff killed Slater on a bull rush 
was was really disappointing. He's been called for holds, and like notoriously, he was just never penalized before and in pass pro. I mean, the entire line has been has been atrocious, and it was no different last night. And really, the entire month of October, Los Angeles has been one of the worst offenses in the league. And you got to think about just how bad the supporting cast has got to be for that to be the case with Justin Herbert. I mean, it's not like Herbert has forgotten how to do anything or is, I mean, he has the broken middle finger. And I think one thing that has been true for him is he has not been his most accurate over this recent stretch of games. But No, he he missed a few for sure. Yeah, so there's that, which is... Definitely a fault of the quarterback, but even like a so-so accuracy, Justin Herbert should still be out of the basement in 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 offensive output for any stretch of time, and it's just it's just so bad right now. It's it's one of the worst lines. It's it's the worst receiving core again. I'm willing to say, and like if you put anyone else back there, I I don't know how bad the Chargers' offense would be. I can think of one team that maybe has a worse receiving core. I won't say any names. There's yeah, maybe we, one squad that's up there. The Giant. I, I know what your team you're thinking of. The Giants are probably also um, sitting up and saying, what about us? Although they all like Hyatt and Wandale over there, but <laughs> I don't know. At any rate, the char- I'd still take the, the Giants over the Chargers. Like, Jesus Christ, it's bad. It's... And I just don't know how it gets better. Is it like, I, I think that going forward the rest of the way, even though they have won some games here, even though their defense has looked improved, I guess we'll talk about later what they think we can they can finish with. But man, the offense I think is a little unfixable unless everyone on the, the, the unless the front five really lock in somehow and show something that they have not showed over the first half of the year. The, the difficult thing about this is that wide receiver is struggling and the offensive line is struggling, right? Both those rooms. And they've invested heavily in both of those things. And it's so hard to miss on a wide receiver, it feels like. Like, they picked the only bad one in the first round. And really, the only bad in the first round, one in the first round over the past several years. Like, Rager was a miss. Who else was a miss? Kadarius Tony, I guess, was a miss. So it's not impossible to do, but man, it's one of the positions that it feels like every year we we say, yeah, that's a really good receiver class, a really good receiver class. Even last year, it was a weak receiver class, and and Jordan Addison is looking great, and Zay Flowers is looking great. Like it was still a pretty fine class overall with some good starters in there. So to miss on Quentin Johnston and to miss for no reason when you look at what's on his film, and I, I find it especially glaring when you watch the wide receivers this year like we've been doing and and watching like Mitchell Adoni Mitchell and Coleman and some of these height weight speed guys who look just way better than Johnston did at TCU it's like you just had to wait to the next class you know or or wait until even a later round I don't know it was it it was it was a really really horrible selection and really sunk kind of any chance the Chargers have of, of being a above-average offense with, with Mike Williams out. So, But the yeah. Jets' defense also played, and they're fantastic. You can't, you can't discount it, a bad performance. Like I said, it's been persisting throughout the entire month with the Chargers, so 
that's kind of talking about more than just this game. But the Jets' defense can carry them pretty far. It, it really can. I, I love what Jermaine Johnson has been able to do this year. Going into last year, he was the last pick of the draft or the first round, I thought, or one of the last ones. Powerful guy, maybe not a ton of moves around the edge, and he tried to a whole lot, and so I didn't really love him. But this year, he just looks... I mean, he doesn't need to burn the edge. He's so, so, so powerful. And him and Huff, I mean, they've just been teeing off this year. And I don't know, just that's that's been the case. That's just been the case. I think rushing four with the stunts um, has been a really good formula. Sala has mm-hmm. done a great job being able to get pressure while keeping numbers on the back ends. You've got the really good corner duo. And the linebackers, too, I don't think I've said it enough. Maybe I should do a, a breakdown on TikTok about Quincy Wilson's play. That guy is a, a demon. He, he triggers so fast. Everything downhill is so good. Um, never in the wrong spot. Great tackler, physical player. Both Mosley and, and Williams can really hit alignment at the point of attack and cause some real problems instead of just trying to go around all the time I feel like it's a physical group that also can hold their own in coverage so at all three levels you've got stars and when you've got that you're always going to be pretty good because you can do whatever you want and you're always fine in terms of we got star power and we can put numbers somewhere else so I don't think that there's too much more to say than that yeah, and, and when you go up against an offense where there's not a lot of star power and you can win on any level, you know, against the offensive line, against the, the receiver group, makes it very easy. Makes it very, yeah. very easy. So, yeah, I, I mean, the, the Jets' defense is, is right up there with anybody else. So it's not Herbert's fault at the end of the day, um, once again. And it never the, will be. <laughs> the not Herbert's fault truthers are running up the score. I'm just just giddy every time I watch a horrible Chargers performance that isn't Herbert's fault. I It's like my Super Bowl. Um, so I don't know if anybody listening to this podcast doesn't like Justin Herbert or pushes agendas against him. I can't imagine anybody listening listening to a show hosted by me. I was about to say, dude, that'd be a hell of a battle. <laughs> you dislike Justin Herbert and you're listening to the Theo Ash podcast. <laughs> But uh, so me and my listeners vindicated again because Fonauer was going in looking for reasons to slander Herbert and, and could find any. He heard it here first. So good, good, good stuff. Moving on to the offensive side of the ball for the Jets. It was a total horror show. And with Rodgers saying that he wants to come back, I think it it dares us to ask the hypothetical, what would it look like with him back there? I think I know what your take on this is going to be, and I think I agree. There's a lot of plays where Zach Wilson is just like not reading things out well, and it ends in a check down. It would certainly look know better. What, yeah, it would certainly look better, and that's that's the mindset is that, well, this is a 500 team, and we would get Aaron Rodgers, so we'd be pretty darn good. You know? Okay. Fair enough. Like, I agree with that. But if you just take out the fact that the offense is, like, being run by Zach, if if you take out the whole, like, 
well, we won, you know, X games last year and we got better like people do in the offseason all the time. I got some questions, man. I think the receiver room is pretty bad, number one. I think Garrett Wilson, I say in my Ohio State hat, is really nice, man. He's different. But that's about it. Especially when you add the tight ends in there. Like, there's not even a difference maker in that room either. So when you've got blocking or or receiving down the field. No. um, And there's, I mean, there was a throw really late in this game. I forget who it was to. But it was was some, you know, I don't even know where the ball is type stuff. I'm not saying it was a great throw. The 83, is that? That's got to be Conklin. I was going to say, is that Conklin? Um, it's just it's it's and, and part of part of that is Aaron Rodgers' fault, who brought right, all of his right, friends. right, right, right. His I was gonna say, he is the worst GM in the league. Uh, Tom Telesco, for everything that he's done to the Chargers, I think deserves consideration. But Rodgers is worse. Here's the Rodgers effect. <laughs> When Brady went to Tampa, he got Gronk to come back. <laughs> he got, I don't know, like people wanted to, Julio was, came, and who else was there? They, they signed like Antonio Brown. Russell Gage, and Antonio Brown was good until he went crazy. Obviously, no crazy difference makers. Leonard Fournette, who was good in that playoff run, but at least they were like not huge negatives. Rodgers brought in Dalvin Cook, Billy Turner, Randall Cobb, and Alan Lazard. I believe Al, uh, Randall Cobb is at the bottom of the league in yards per route run, literally dead last. I think that recently he hasn't been getting much run, but towards the beginning of the season, he was out there in 11 personnel, and I don't think he had a single catch until like week four or something like that. He's sitting Dalvin on 11 been... targets and 20 yards. <laughs> Pretty good stuff. Dalvin has been the worst running back in the league. Billy Turner is a sleeper for worst of them all. He started at right tackle for them. That that whole right side of the line with Turner at right tackle and Max Mitchell, who they drafted as a tackle, put it right guard, was a horror show over there. And Turner, like, getting into his set looked awkward. Punching looked awkward. And that's about... <laughs> those are, like, the two core things to playing tackle. So when you can't really take a horizontal set and you can't get hands on you get obliterated and that's what happened so rogers's additions were like basically were very much non-factors last year and he just brought them for the sake of bringing them and they've they've all been predictably horrible yeah i think they could be a little bit like i always thought lazard was okay he's yeah fine he had a good block in this game out on the edge, and that's what he's good at. But, like, as a receiver downfield, he's not good at, like, above average at any individual aspect of playing receiver. Yeah, I wonder if the Jets' solution to this would have been Devontae Adams try to go get him if Rodgers was healthy. I'm sure it would have been. I'm sure it would have been. Hackett also. Hackett's another, like, I don't know if it was exactly a Rodgers addition. I think it's a pretty good bet that he was, but... I don't think that he's done a good job either. No. So it's it's all of that has weighted the offense down pretty heavily. And then what they had in place 
before the Rodgers additions was Garrett Wilson and uh, Brees Hall, who is part of a running game that is really not that great anyway. So I, I can't imagine it would be I can't imagine it would be that much better than Rodgers' final season with the Packers. You know, yeah, you would go from not having a true number one to having a true number one wide receiver, but it takes more than that. Yeah. Yeah, it was – it's – Rodgers was the 20th-ranked quarterback in a lot of metrics last year, like in that 10 to 20 range. And if he does stay healthy, which is a big if – because he's even when he's played all the games, it always seems like, oh, well, he's dealing with a thumb. He's dealing with an ankle. He's, he's getting up gingerly almost every game of Rodgers that you watch. So he, he's a fragile guy. I think what the big what if of this offense is, is what if they devoted the quarterback resources somewhere different than Aaron Rodgers? Like, what if they traded up? What if they took Will Levis where they could have? Like, what if... You never brought in all those mid players that Rodgers wanted to do. I I I, th- I think that looking back on it, this is something that we, we talked about a little bit on Stay Hot. Like, why why don't they trade up? Why do, why isn't that an option for them at number eleven in the draft? And it just never seemed to be a consideration. It was like Rodgers, Rodgers, Rodgers. We need to win right now while we have this defense. And I thought they overpaid a little bit for him, and then they. They basically handed the keys of the organization over to him, and he just made all bad moves. Like seriously, it's like it's like LeBron. He's like LeBron on the Lakers or something. Whoa. I don't. Whoa, whoa, hey. Whoa, just a random shot at LeBron for no reason. Who won a championship for the Lakers? You're right. You're right. It's, it's like disgusting. LeBron. No, you're not wrong, man. You're not wrong. There's there's some there's some. It's like LeBron after the LeBron AD moves. moves. It's like the. It's the football equivalent to turning down the Buddy Heald trade to bring in Russell Westbrook. That, that's what happened in New York at the same they, time. Uh, it, what it comes down to is Rodgers needs to be friends with better players. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately for the Jets, Rodgers is not quite the... Um, I don't know. He's, his, his PR department could have done a little bit better of a job, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I can't believe Rand. How old is Randall Cobb, man? Uh, he was drafted the year after they won the Super Bowl. He's probably not super old. Did you know he's the same age as Adam Thielen to the day? No, I did not. He's the same age as Adam Thielen to the day. He came into Shout the league out. super, super, super young. I think he was the first player born in the '90s to be drafted. Tag of a stab. Right. Yeah, I'm looking at he's 33. <laughs> That's not that old. That's not. That yeah, it old. could be. It could be worse. It's it's pretty old, but it could be. I mean, with as long as he's been in the league, he could be like 37. He could be Larry Fitzgerald age at this point. There's just there's not a ton of bright spots, and it's not all Zach's fault, but he's terrible. I mean, it's pretty close. <laughs> the the first opening miss right off the bat to Uzoma was an unforced error. There was a hilarious play where he was scrambling and had an opportunity to pick up a first down if he ran, but then he flipped the ball to someone who was covered, like the the, the running back who has literally had someone like on him and he flipped it out and then it just ended there. So just bad decisions like when he's moved off of his spot. He's supposed to be like this genius, like magician, and he's just like, he can... <laughs> 
he can scramble because he's panicked, but it doesn't necessarily mean that he makes good decisions out there. He's not some like instant leverage reader. Um, he ignored he... the the robber, and Lazard got absolutely murdered because he stared him down and threw over the middle. It's just he's he really doesn't have like that much in the way of arm talent like people made it out to to be. I think, Mm-mm. and he. He was way too far into, like, the Manziel territory in college where he's running around and he's, like, throwing it downfield and it's making, like, he's making big plays. But a lot of that has to do with, you know, BYU being so much better than their competition rather than, like, Wilson finding something great. Now you're seeing when there isn't anything great to find or anything easy or anybody who's just going to go win no matter what, this is what it looks like. No, and he's not good in rhythm. So he's he's truly good at nothing. I know that people – I know Every once in a while he throws for like 200 yards and like a good completion percentage and they like barely win and everyone's like, honestly, Wilson was not that bad this game. And, and sometimes everyone else is just horrible. Like, this is a game where the line played horrible. And we'll get into some of the bright spots of the Chargers' defense. But there was, a, there was a rep where every lineman on the Jets lost. Like, they couldn't deal with the stunt on the left side. On the right side, it was Billy Turner getting killed. And then I believe someone was splitting a double team somewhere else. So everyone lost. And, like, Zach Wilson had no chance. And I feel like some people watch the Jets' offense, and by some people I mean like Orlovsky has done this recently. I might as well just come out. No, no, no shade to Orlovsky, who I think is uh, he, he did a good. I like him as a as a color guy. I think that he like at least is attempting to break down film at times, which a lot of mainstream people aren't doing. But like he went on Twitter and was like, "It's not Zach's fault. They're just not giving him a chance." And and the the supporting cast is so bad. It's it's like yes and yes and and, and this is this is something that I feel really strongly about. The bad supporting cast does not say anything about the quarterback. Yes, you can have you can just have both, and this is why. Like you think about quarterbacks who get drafted in the first round and they're like going into year three and they've had a bad supporting cast and people are like they haven't played well people are like wow the supporting cast has been bad the hit rate on those quarterbacks actually being good is as close to zero percent as it could possibly be it almost always is like well the quarterback is bad too there's usually not a lot of flukes like when you look at a lot of the top quarterbacks across the league today they were pretty good immediately like Mahomes won MVP his first year as a starter Lamar won a MVP his first year as a starter this last week Herbert was a was a big hit immediately. Matt's breaking it's up somewhere the numbers. In my, no, I, I actually I went and like I looked at every franchise quarterback since two thousand. Well, I, Matt I finds his notes. Find. I'll just I'll just fill I'll just fill time. I, Here it is. Who else? Who else? Well, oh, he found it. So who else? Has you think about first round. Okay, I'm talking about first round quarterbacks who ended up being franchise guys since two thousand. At least 17, I said there's 27. I'm not going to go through every name because that'll be boring. But I said 17 to 27 of them were like good immediately. Either good for a rookie or good the moment they started or just like playing good. Like you're Mahomes, you're Lamar, you're Herbert. The, I think I had nine guys and I was pretty loose with my definition of franchise 
quarterbacks, including some that are like maybe the jury is still out. You have Josh Allen, who I would say was good by the end of his second year and then got digs and then took off in his third. Trevor Lawrence was good by the end of his second year. Tua, the jury's maybe a little bit still out on him. I don't think everybody's come to a consensus on him. I would say he definitely sucked and rebounded to some extent when the supporting cast got better. I, I think that I think that everyone can agree on that. Stafford, basically, I mean, he played like less than a season worth of games in his first two seasons, and then year three, he was awesome in 2011. Palmer was like a borderline MVP candidate his second year. Alex Smith is a big outlier. Mm-hmm. Flacco is an iffy outlier. Eli is kind of like an iffy outlier. And then Goff is a weirdo. Outside of that, you think about how many first-round quarterbacks have been taken since 2070. I mean, there's maybe four who have been not obviously good in their first two years and not turned it around. Yeah, and even with a lot of those, with a lot of those guys like Goff, he he got Sean McVay's second year, and it was a big schematic shift that changed things. Not necessarily he they got better within the original offense that they got drafted into. So it it would take a huge supporting cast upgrade to get Zach Wilson good like for him to just naturally become good with Sala I I I don't think that it is remotely obviously by now it's not remotely possible I don't even know what we're talking about but you're right oh I remember it's not just the supporting cast it's it's also obviously Zach which hopefully most people know I think that they do another kind of bright spot that I do want to talk about on the Jets right before we we move into the Chargers defensive performance would be um, Mackay Becton has been pretty good since returning from years worth of injury. Um, not all pro level. He was one of the people who got, you know, beat on the play I was describing where everybody got beat, obviously. But mm-hmm. he hasn't been so bad, and that's good. But yeah, I don't disagree. I guess my other point that I didn't fully flesh out is I think that Hackett has been bad. I think that they haven't gotten the ball to Brees Hall nearly – as much as I would like to see, I'd like to see them towards the bottom of the league in in pass rate, like literally at the very bottom, I think. Um, and they're not at the top. They're they are what are they? Twenty first in pass rate, so they're not super high. But I would like to see that number even lower. I think that I want the ball in. Why can't hands. it be dead last? Why can't it be dead last, man? Like I wish that was kind of more the mentality. Uh, is just scheme stuff up for Brees Hall and, and have control of the game with the defense and the ground game instead of trying to have Zach Wilson run it. I think overall the lack of, you know, play, and you can play action off of that, which I think is there's kind of a disturbing lack of in this offense. It is a lot of short dropbacks and let Zach play with rhythm. And the West Coast offense, I feel like that's kind of all – Hackett has. I mean, he's the son of like the founder of the West Coast offense, one of like the principal figures. And I feel like when his mentality is like, when you add me, I can teach this and that's it. You know, like I got my thing and that's all I'm going to teach is like West Coast. Right. Yeah. Quick passing game stuff. And I could do that. But two years in a row now, he's had to deal with quarterbacks that like that should not be what you're doing and I think it is all he can do 
and just the overall spacing down the field with the route concepts he's he's all a little questionable he's a role player in that sense and he's just not been in the right role the last couple of years there's worlds where he can be helpful but we haven't lived in them for a little while yeah and the world where that is helpful is the world where you deal with the best west coast (laughs) quarterback of all time like someone who came up with mike mccarthy and ran that at the highest level we've like ever seen it ran and sure he can he could coach that guy um but uh yeah it's it's hackett probably is i think not too long for this league once rogers either hangs it up or this year or next basically i hope he does not come back i i think i know that he's saying that he will i think there is zero chance of it happening what say you there's no I way mean- right it's uh, didn't Acres tear his Achilles or maybe it was an ACL. And he's a running he did, back, man. He's a running Rogers back. Rogers is like sort- throwing kind of off. It's it's really insane stuff. How much even even since I can remember, it's insane how much medicine has improved in sports. Here's, I mean, Achilles yeah. used to be like thirty years ago. You're just done. Like there's plenty of guys who are just like, well, this player is just terrible when he comes back. I think. Akers did tear his Achilles, but I, I was on Charles McDonald's podcast and we talked about this, so I've got all the facts right off. He tore he tore it in July. He was a young running back. He sucked when he came back, and then he mm-hmm. tore his Achilles again, like a couple of years Ooh. later. So there's yeah. not a good. I, I don't think it's a good idea to come back the That's same right. season yeah. that you tear it. Um, That's and I think for Rodgers, hot take, hot take. And I think for Rodgers, when he's walking and he's throwing, I think even those are risky things for him to be doing. I think that he's just – I think there's a lot of guys who tear their I, – I don't believe that Rodgers has these superhuman healing abilities that like, oh, my God, look how ahead of schedule he is. I think he's doing activities that are ahead of schedule, but I think he's probably at a very normal point in his rebuild or in his, re, in his rebuild, in his rehab. I just think that – he is kind of a health nut, and I think that he wants to act like he has some. He's. I'm sure that he's taking something that's like <laughs> some secret healing. I like that take. Elixir, and I think that he's received so much shit for what he does. I think to he's get taking better. potions. Honestly, I, I legitimately do. Th- I don't think he's taking PEDs. I literally think he's taking potions, like some holistic health. I don't want to say bullshit because, you know, maybe it does have its benefits, but I will say it's bullshit if it if you're claiming that it helps you get to return after tearing your Achilles in the same NFL season. That that I, I, I think that he probably is a little bit whatever he's doing, I think he's probably too bullish on it working right now. I don't think that we see him back. I don't think any real doctors are gonna say like yeah, man, you can go back in the game. But I guess the Jets have given him everything that he could possibly ever want. So maybe, maybe I, I they think, will. I think it's like if they make the playoffs, I'll be back. But I think he's probably going to get the out of the Jets won't make the playoffs. And he, he'll maybe he'll be able to say, like, I would have. I could have. But it just didn't work out that way. Let's take a look at the Jets' schedule and see if – the playoffs are a possibility. Just instant reaction, win or loss, versus the Raiders. I'll say I'll say win. Versus the Bills. 
They beat them last time, but I, I, I think, I think the Bills could get them. I mean, it was like a Josh Allen disaster. It was a total disaster class. Yeah, I'll say the Bills are banged up, but they can still beat the Jets. Dolphins probably in L. Yeah. Falcons. Depends on if my boy's in there at quarterback. <laughs> I think he should come back. Heineke was worse than Ritter. Heineke was worse than Ritter. True. Let's True. let's do it like this. Let's do True. it like this. Okay, what are they going to go over this stretch? Raiders, Bills, Dolphins, Falcons. Probably two of those. Probably two of those. I I had what I thought their record would be at the end of this. What do you what do you think? I think they're going to be like 8 and 9. <laughs> I think like what 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 can you make of them? They beat the Eagles and then they go and they've lost to like the Patriots. And then, you know, they they look, you know, squeak one out against the Giants who like didn't have a quarterback. So I it, it it's any given game the defense can have a masterclass. The defense is just so good that like anything could happen any week. It's it's it is possible for them to be in there with five more wins the rest of the way because there's four easy, four that you can look at and say they should probably be f- favored versus the Patriots, Commanders, maybe the Falcons and 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 Raiders. So, but they can go lose any of those games too because <laughs> it's like one punt return we can't overcome. It's it's like it's like a twenty one point deficit, you know. <laughs> The punt, it did feel extremely over after the punt <laughs> return. Like, okay, well. I, I, t- I told people that the Jets the Jets could win this game, and really the defense, like I, w- I think I was right to, to assume that the Chargers wouldn't be able to get anything going <laughs> They on lost offense. by 21, but I, I think I was right anyway. I think. But so like that part of it happened, that the defense did kick the, the offense's ass in, in L.A. But as soon as that punt return happened, I said there's, there's just no – there's no chance. Like, the Jets needed the punt return, you know? Like, if the Jets got yeah. the punt return, everything could have been different from there. But it's just, like, nothing <laughs> right, nothing right. unlucky can happen to the Jets. Like, they just need to be they perfectly can never, They can never fumble. They can't, fumble. They, can, like, they can't allow a kick return. Like, anything like that happens, and it's just, like, instantly over. And it's like, usually the Chargers don't get those breaks so but they can also okay. stop any offense so it's like they're they're it's 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 like a roll of the dice and they need things to break their way but it could happen any game because their offense is so good like i think they could they could get one against the dolphins i think they could split it's possible i for think sure. they could split i think that the way the dolphins offense has looked and the way tua has looked against good teams like they could it's they possible could split against the dolphins but you know they had a bad game and they still scored 14 points against the chiefs that's probably enough yeah it's until tyreek just takes you know one screen yeah the house. but at any rate, even if they're t- even if they win ten games and they're in the playoffs, I-, I don't think Aaron Rodgers can realistically return. And I think he's just kind of on his chiropractor shit and like maybe <laughs> saying some things. How, that what can't what, quite what are your like what like what are your like feelings about Rodgers, man? My like, feelings? is that still your is that your still your boy or is he no? Not he's your, not my he's, he's not, not my boy, boy at all. I I think that's that too he's, bad. I know, I know, he's. I think that he's one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. I think that he did everything at an extremely high level. He was, you know, the most accurate. He was the best out of structure. 
at the end of his career, like it wasn't so much out of structure, but he was getting the ball out of his hands faster than anybody. So he's just like the perfect quarterback in his prime. And I actually think he used to be kind of more based than he is now. I don't think that he's quite the uh, the <laughs> the conservative nut job that people make him out to be. I think that he's just like this holistic health, like anti-vax crazy person. Like he's your typical Joe Rogan guy who I feel like we all kind of know a guy like this in, in our lives. Like they're like a normie, cent- not a normie centrist, but a centrist who thinks they're, I don't know. I, he's that's that's kind of my take on him, which is not as bad as being like a straight up like alt right figure, which I really don't think he is. Although some people make him out to be that, but he's just as I don't know. He's he's not. I used to think he could be okay to hang out with, but that 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 is just completely he would, out the window. He'd be a very interesting hang. He would be interesting. He'd be know. good to hang out with in like the sense of like if it was you and like three of your buddies and he was sort of like the extra guy <laughs> that was just like spicing things up, you'd be like, all right. That's, that's, there you know. there are some things I would like to talk to Rogers a lot about. I guess I guess maybe if you just completely ignored anything health re- or like anything political. But now he's like I don't know. He's, I don't he's know, challenging man. Dr. He's, Fauci. <laughs> he's challenging like Dr. Fauci to a debate with him in RFK. I'd like to talk about the football with him, I guess, <laughs> and how he sees the game. I would not want to talk about literally anything else. Um, I don't think he's the worst, but he is kind of, a, I think, an egomaniac. I think that he often is like, the media says these things about me that aren't true when like he has brought them upon himself, like... Or like they're making things up about me that they aren't making up, like that just are true. So he he has gotten extremely, I think, annoying recently in ways that he wasn't when he was in his prime in Green Bay. Although I'm sure that our division rivals would like to would say that he's always been smug and annoying, which is true, I guess, if he's beating you. But for the Packers, he seemed pretty good, and he always finds a way to, I guess, kind of bring me back a little bit in terms of like. The way that it ended in Green Bay, he he'd had that really nice post about how much he loves the fans and how there's no hard feelings and how much it meant to be a Packer and how like it'll be great in years when he comes back and gets his jersey retired. So like it's there's no hard feelings between him and I think the the fan base of the Packers or the institution of the Packers, which I'm grateful for because he is such a legend. So I respect the way he handled that. Um, I don't know. I I don't know. I I. There are things that I really don't like about him, and then things where I'll, I guess I'll still defend him and say he's not the not the worst. So that's that's kind of my dynamic with Rodgers. I don't know. Uh, he's definitely I would not consider him my, my boy. <laughs> no, no, to that's, the same extent I would. For that's some. too bad because I bet you he was your boy for a long time. He was my boy for a long time growing up, high school, being a fan. Oh, like man, he was, yeah. he was my boy. He was my boy, but not anymore. Now he's just kind of I think weird. The last unit I want we got to talk about before we get into maybe some of the props and the bets for or the game preview of the Thursday night game is the Chargers defense, which played well in its own right. I thought, um, especially their their rookie edge rusher out of USC, Tui Tuli Tu. Oh, I had it and now I lost it. Tui Tulipiopu, <laughs> Tuli Tui Pelotu, Tui Pelotu. That's it. Tui Pelotu. He had a huge game. Uh, Matt, what did you make of his performance? 
I almost brought him up on Stay Hot like five or six weeks ago. I swear to God, because I saw a couple plays and I'm like, no, that's just two plays. Like I don't, I don't know. He's been he's good really the whole nice year. though. He has. He's, been- he's and he's he's starting to. He's not on 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 the field every snap or anything. Um, but when he is, he's making an impact, man. Um, he's got pretty good speed and power and and size. He's got a good combination of that. Uh, he he both you know can win kind of you know getting inside of somebody and, and pushing them forward, but also has the juice to go around the edge and they move him around. They put him outside. They put him back inside. Uh, for where they picked him, it, it's been fantastic. He had a couple pressures that were really really nice in this game. He had a sack that was really really nice in this game. Yeah, uh, around the edge, uh, mm-hmm. bending like through contact. He, he yeah. ran the arc and and got the sack. And he had another one. I think he got held on really bad and didn't quite get it. And I wish they had called that. Uh, he's also he's nice because he's big and you can line him up inside and you can stunt him around and he can still you know have some he's, juice to be a factor you know instead of just like go out of the play entirely and take the tackle with him. He's going to be a real force. There's not a lot of weaknesses to poke in his game because um, he's There's got active one, hands as well. What were you yeah. going to say? I, I I don't disagree. I don't mean to, the one thing. His arms are not long enough to be trying the long arm stuff he had a couple reps where it's like it ain't your fault man but like it's just, i just don't think that's gonna that's gonna work yeah i like him more trying to win with speed or, or swiping hands away or something mm-hmm. along on the, along those lines which is it's nice when he's over a guard where that length starts to not be a fact a factor as much mm-hmm. um, that's also what they do with Aiden Hutchinson who famously has pretty short arms like the Lions will put him over guards and all of a sudden that length doesn't matter at all and he he just he just can kill guards you saw a week everyone saw it in the first game of the season um, against Trey Smith and and Thule they kind of do the same thing and I regret not watching him more before the draft I actually watched his USC tape after the draft and was like, I wish I watched it before because I, I would have been high on him like, like you, Matt. Like, I wish we, I mentioned it before right now because it's hard to be a good player at US, on USC's defense. It's, it's really difficult. It's, it's, <laughs> when everyone else around you is doing terrible, if you're, like, routinely being where you need to be, like, he, they'd line him up at, at off-ball linebacker and he could shoot gaps and he made a really huge impact like that. They're someone. Mm-hmm. They're a team that really likes to stunt as well. Unfortunately, they they lose all gap integrity when they do. But you know, he was someone who would travel across the entire line of scrimmage, like through the mess, to to get tackles. He had a, a crazy motor. That's still true in this game. He got knocked down and popped back up like notably fast. Like he he hit the ground, popped immediately back up and made the tackle. Like he is. He is constantly running and moving towards the football, and I think that you can see his off-ball linebacker background because he's he's used to moving sideline to sideline, and you can really see it on top of all the other good things he does—the bend, the moves. So mm-hmm. yeah, he's 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 really really nice and has a chance to be honestly their best pass rusher this year <laughs> ahead of Bosa and Mikhail Mack. Um, Bosa Bosa had a real nice strip sack in this game. We're gonna save Billy, him. Look, We're gonna get every, you out of there, Joey. Everyone ate against Billy Turner in this game. I'll I'll say that. Uh, and I also thought Kenneth Kenneth Walker, no Kenneth Murray, my bad, had a had a good game. I'm kind of out on Kenneth Walker. He's Murray. I mean, Jesus Christ, because he's been so bad for so long. 
But in this one, like he was constantly, I thought he had good vision, um, kind of was falling back when the runs were developing one way. He was reading the nose and the tackles in front of him. And when they plug up their hole, you know, as a linebacker, the cutback is coming and you can know before the, the running back even does. So you fall back and he was right there to meet Brees Hall a couple times. And Derwin James played out of his mind, I thought. Same deal there at, from the safety position. You're, you're reading the blocks in front of you because the running backs are seeing the same thing. And you can predict where the running backs are going to go by looking at what is happening in front. And Derwin was mm-hmm. really, really great at that in this game. Had a ton of tackles, like just always fell into the right spot. And he's he's kind of a dirty player. He's kind of a headhunter. He's always looking for the huge hit. And he had a couple of them. So in terms of how Brandon Staley can potentially save his job, he needs more defensive performances like this. I think. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and that that's my thought. It's like, let's say you go 9-8 and eight or 10-7 and seven and you sneak into the playoffs, but the defense doesn't look good. What, what would stop you from still feeling like new GM, new coach, that's going to feel like a better option than just running it back because we snuck into the playoffs and possibly won a game, you know? Yeah, I, I think that... And overall, like these past two games, there have been good defensive performances, but it's against the Bears and Jets. Um, I, I still think that watching this game, I wasn't quite sure that I saw them turn a corner as much as I saw ineptitude from the quarterback and offensive line of the Jets. I, I Like Derwin's still obviously really good. Thule has been flashing, but Thule's been flashing this whole season. You know, Like you can go, I think he had a ton of pressures versus the Vikings, like 10 or 11 or something like that. Like, he's been good the whole way. The defense hasn't been good the whole way. Derwin's been good the whole time. Like, the defense hasn't been good the whole time. So it didn't necessarily feel like a turning point type of game as much as it felt like, holy cow, the Jets The Jets simply cannot do anything on offense. I, I don't know if there's much Staley can do to ch- save his job. I, I think a fire is a pretty, pretty much a lock at this point with how bad the offense looks and I do think on defense they just don't quite have the personnel more than its scheme, but at at some point a total change in in leadership. Well, I I, I mean uh, you know I guess we don't know how much Staley has over the personnel, but as a defensive coach, it's like you have to imagine they're bringing in the guys that he wants, and they've made big moves, and they've mm-hmm. had you know it's like they went out and and got a guy who's supposed to be cornerback one. They went out and they, they have Bosa and they they got Mac. That should have been great, you know. They went out and spent it. Defense. It's like, yeah, you, you've spent it linebacker. You've gone everywhere, you know, and yeah. it just hasn't worked. Yeah, it's 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 terrible. They they like to mix things up. They they play a lot of a lot of different things, like several different fronts rotated in throughout this game. Like I like to see that, but. <sighs> You bring in, they needed a better cover guy, so because they like to play split field looks. It's different on one side than the other. There's a lot of differences. There's a lot of, you know, there's nothing really that Staley, I think, runs over and over these days. So split field, different things on both sides, and a lot of time there's one Mike linebacker in charge in the middle of the field. They go get Eric Hendricks, only for him to be, like, washed and not a very good cover guy at this point in his career. And, you know, one of the bigger Jets plays he got picked on, so... Yeah, it, it, it's all bad, I still think. I, I think the second they face a, a good opponent, it's probably, um, which is this week, they're playing the Lions. And I think they'll 
they'll lose that game, even though they, they just blew out the Jets. So it's a fair prediction. Let's, let's talk about the Panthers. Let's talk of let's let's get it out of the way. Let's do it. Why not? Panthers versus Bears. How are you feeling about Bryce Young right now? I'm just gonna give you the floor. A lot worse after last week. Holy <laughs> shit! Yeah, I, th- I think I think he's had some games where he's looked okay. Uh, you have to understand that like his supporting cast is very bad, and it's not his fault at all. <laughs> and any interception he throws is just it's. I mean, Famously, what do you want him to do? No, what do you want him to do? Famously, whenever a supporting cast is bad, it's never the quarterback's fault, as we always say. No, he's actually a superstar. <laughs> I, I, I mean, just everything has gone wrong for the Panthers this year in a spectacular way. I feel like with Bryce, there's some plays where it's like, man, there's nothing he can do. But there's a lot of plays where there is something he can do. He gets pressured, and he doesn't anyway. He doesn't. He can't get something off. I feel like his ability to deal with pressure has not been great because his escapability hasn't looked as good. He's looked very slippy and slidey, and I, I, I think when he's in structure and there's something, he's usually like he's good at reading the field out. He's pretty accurate. Like he's not terrible at those things. But there haven't been a lot of great deep shots from him. He's thrown only you know a handful, but like the ones that he has have not been well placed. There's been, you know, a lot of sort of just stumbling around in the backfield, like I said. And and there's been some some bad interceptions too. And and that frustrates me because he's supposed to come in and be like very pro ready. You know, Panthers mm-hmm. fans expected him to come in and be like a massive upgraded quarterback over like Sam Darnold for him. And I was working up the take that like that's probably not going to happen. That Darnold with DJ Moore is probably actually a better quarterback than rookie Bryce Young with no DJ Moore. All the takes but, we almost had. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I just, I was talking about like, what do you think a stat line is going to be? And they were, pre- I mean, people were predicting them have like the best rookie stat line ever. It's like, oh, oh man. And so He's for just, Panthers fans to like flip on their head has like, you know, and be like, well, you can't play. I mean, he's a rookie. He's a, you know, after that has been tough to watch. It's been tough to watch. And then Stroud's been amazing, of course. Yeah, it's, it's. I think it is fair to say already that they made the the wrong pick at number one. I I don't know how he catches Stroud at this point. Like, yeah. what is he going to become better at? Like, maybe he just comes becomes a god out of structure that Stroud never really quite becomes. Like this dominant force in the run game and like this all encompassing guy. But he's just not a, a lead athlete at the quarterback position. He's just not. Like, what would it look like Bryce Young taking on basically? I'm describing like he becomes a Josh Allen. That he it's becomes like, a Lamar Jackson. It's the the idea is that he becomes like Drew Brees. Yeah, that's, I guess that's, that's the idea a lot of people have. He's like he's like he's like a a Drew Brees who can run around, and I, I just think that's like a tough a tough ask. You know, how many Drew Brees types are there? Not a ton. There's a, probably a reason for that. You know, it's a tough way to win. Yeah, but he is the number one overall pick, and it's yeah. It's like they traded up a So lot. he probably should be good. I don't disagree. Yeah. I, the I other think thing that that's, it's, I, I think that the athleticism is just the number one thing that stands out to me where it's like if you expected just this dominant force that could that could really backpack a team, I, I just don't know if he if he has that. When the line is leaky, he's not breaking tackles in the backfield. Um, 
and yeah, like his arm talent isn't. I think it is if we're stacking up all the starters on kind of the lower end. So not every throw is accessible all the time when he's on the move, or even when he's if he's not, you know, just when he's not stepping into it all the way. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. Um, it, it's frustrating because I feel like he has the mind to create, but he doesn't have the body. And how many quarterbacks are there like that? Not, it's many, not many, man. It's not it's, maybe many. like it feels some like, of the older guys, like Rogers, probably like he was so good at creating right. back in his prime, but like now his body, you know, he's old and washed, and you have to make that adjustment. So you could probably say like Cam even had that at at some point where it's like obviously he knows how to be a beast, but like the injuries start to pile up. You know, Bryce has that like day one of his career. <laughs> <laughs> he he knows beast mode, but he can't access it anymore. It's yeah, dude, it, it just sucks. It just sucks, man. And I defended the Bryce move when, when we did it, and it, it still could be fine. But real talk, I mean, I was going to defend it, no matter who you the got, hell I they mean, took. I mean, come on. Come I'm, on. A, I, I'm out here talking. About, my Jordan Love agendas are in much the same oh. place, so I can't. Yeah, I can't. and, and, and it's, 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 I'd be a bad fan. Um, otherwise, oh, I think I'm a little bit more reasonable. Like I said, that he hasn't proven he's a franchise quarterback after week four. And I, some people in the comments, like, why do you hate him? You've definitely been a little more negative than your average Panthers fan, but uh, that is you're, not. You're no, you're no Ruiz, who is who is almost delighting, <laughs> delighting in this uh, in this development. But um, you know, there, there's there's a line. You know, I don't think you can be happy. That the Panthers messed up, but um, it's 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 tough. One one thing I, I I was thinking about the other day, maybe I'll make a video on it, is that a lot of people look at the Bryce move like, okay, it's just such bad process that it could have never worked because you traded your number one receiver and a bunch of future assets for a quarterback who you then couldn't build around because you traded all that shit to get him, and that's not an unfair take. However. What do the what what do the Texans have around CJ Stroud? A veteran wide receiver they signed this year, a veteran tight end they signed this year, and two third round draft picks, one from three years ago and one rookie. What do the Panthers have around Bryce Young? The same thing. Veteran wide receiver, veteran tight end, both signed this year, and two second round draft pick receivers, one drafted three years ago and one who's a rookie. They just suck at getting good players. It's like you know. It's like if they they could have had like they could have had all the players that the Texans have, and they could have had the coach that the Texans had. Those teams are in ridiculously similar situations and have made like ridiculously similar investments when it comes to mm-hmm. getting a quarterback and getting like the weapons around them. Outside of the fact that the Panthers had to trade up, but the, the, but the Texans one has even been did trade amazing. up. Like the Texans don't have their first because they traded up for for Will Anderson. Right, so the right. Texans but you know still... why that you know why that's okay? Because Will Anderson is good. That's all that matters, man. It, the only thing that matters. You can it, overpay it, for some Christian Kirk deal doesn't matter, man, because he's good. At the end of the day, like you know, when we start talking about like Super Bowls, okay, then exactly how much you're spending on each position, yeah, that matters a lot. Although ultimately that just comes down to like, can you draft good? Yes or no. When we're talking about like the difference between 
getting in like 500 and competitive, ground. getting a rebuild off the ground. It's like, you, dude, you just got to be right, man. You just got to pick the right players. You just got to draft good. And that, that's that's the Panthers. Not their one and only problem because they're also bad in free agency and they also trade poorly. But really it just comes down to, I mean, the amount of talent they've added in the last four or five years in the draft is unbelievably bad. Yep. So with that being said, we're going to look at some of the... So the Bears are are also in a rebuild right now. Um, they're a, acting a little bit more desperately. They, I think they added, you know, obviously they added Montez Sweat in the middle of the season. I, I think part of that is because they want to get some good film out there before the end to perhaps, you know, if you're Eberflus, to potentially stay on, even Poles' job is in danger. I, I do think that that had something to do with why they acquired Sweat now instead of waiting and making a trade at the end. But they, they have turned a corner more than the Panthers have. I, I Their running game has been really good, even as Bajent has been playing. Um, they, mm-hmm. They've been able to move the ball on the ground, and they've been able to stuff the run really well. Their pass defense hasn't been nearly as good, but they really have not allowed many yards on the on the ground. So I think they've got a lot more going for them than the Panthers right now. You, you take away the first month of the season, which was just a disaster for the Bears. Like, I've never seen a month go so bad for a team. You look at October and so far here in November, it hasn't been nearly as bad. And, and the Panthers are really seeming like bottoming out at this point. So with that in mind, we looked at some of the, the props for this game, some of the gambling spread, something that I haven't done on this podcast yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, just figured it would make for some interesting predictions are really like what we think how this game is going to look. It's kind of an easy game to quantify, easy way to quantify that and also you know, maybe you can trail us. Although I will say my betting track record is not as not good enough to tail. So just want to throw that out there immediately. Um, but with that being said, uh, is there anything that, uh, catches your attention, Matt? Oh yeah. Take, uh, parlay this DJ Moore (laughs) over a hundred yards and DJ Moore touchdown guarantee lock it in. He's having his Steve Smith Ravens game. I, I, I did build a parlay for this game. The the DJ Moore touchdown is involved. The secondary is banged up for Obviously. the Panthers. Ob- um, I mean, DJ Moore is coming back. Like, I'd, you're, every time they're in the red zone, they should throw him a fade. Who knows they're, how often they're in the red zone, but even if they're like at the 50, they should probably take throw into the end zone to DJ Moore anyway and just see what he can come down with because it's a big mismatch. Yeah, I also think that, like, you cannot underestimate how bad the Panthers' rushing defense has been this year, outside of against the Colts, which it was very good. So maybe maybe, maybe we should be scared of this. But, like, dude, with Fields back, it's going to be nasty, man. The Panthers, I think they have the worst rushing defense in the league. I could be mistaken. Um, poor Derek Brown out there. By his goddamn self. Him and Frankie Louvu are fighting impossible odds. <laughs> if they yeah. let Louvu walk in free agency, I'm not a fan anymore. Yeah, that, that, that's that's fair to say. On defense, they are by far the the worst rushing defense in the league. Like, not even. Yeah, man. Not even close. It's, ugly. <laughs> it's it's. It's just so – and you know what? I, I 
this is a take I did say. I did say the Panthers bringing in a bunch of guys who were just like filling a role in a new defense just as like stop gags. I knew that would be a disaster. And yeah. Burns is out too, I believe. Dude, it's going to be awful. I, 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 mean, I feel my, my big bet is I think the Bears are going to cover the three and a half point spread. I think that this is being billed as like two close, like a hotly contested, like the two worst teams in the league. I I think the Panthers are uh, easily a tier worse than the than the than the than the Panthers are. The spread is three and a half from what I see right now. I I think the the Bears can can beat them by more than a field goal. I I think that these are two teams. It's, if Fields is back, the rushing defense is so bad. Like. I, I think the Bears have more going for them right now than the Panthers And they're do. they're giving the Bears three points for being at home. They think this is about a toss-up. No. I don't think it's no. a toss-up. I think the Bears are legitimately better. And I think the other thing I threw in was Chuba Hubbard, Hubbard under in rushing yards. And why is that? I did that just because I think that it's a kind of a mismatch between a run defense that has been very good. Montez Sweat, who they just added, is a fantastic run defender. Their defensive tackles and 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 linebackers really, you know, they they don't really offer much in terms of, I think, elite coverage ability. But they have been solid against the run, um, and in a split backfield, Hubbard and Sanders. I know that Hubbard has been a little bit better than Sanders. Like, I just think that there's just not enough. So, uh, no, guys. Hubbard's been better. Sanders has been like unbelievably bad, man. I you still should, think you he's going to get like a couple. His over under is twenty. You like that more? I don't know. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I just went with. I think like they're both not going to get any yards, so I just went with the higher over under, and I went with the under. The, Hubbard the, has the not been super terrible this year. He's honestly he stepped up a lot. Um, I feel like, but the the line's so bad you can hardly tell. Bell he is has, questionable. Henderson out. Burns is out. Dude, who the hell is playing on this team, man? It's it's gonna be Dante Jackson on on DJ Moore or something. I guess the last three weeks Hubbard has um, eclipsed that mark two of the last three weeks, but he's only eclipsed it three times so far this year. But the last three weeks, he's gotten 16, 15, and 19 carries. So maybe that's a bad bet, and I take it back. <laughs> but definitely Bears, <laughs> I think, bet on DJ Moore and bet perhaps on just a solid performance from the Bears in general because I do think that people are underrating could... how close this could be. I, I could see Bryce throwing a lot and getting an over on his passing yards. It's like two seventeen or something. Um, the the Bears' pass defense is not that great, um, so hopefully maybe he'll just get a lot of throws. I also think the Bears are going to score pretty at ease, so maybe they get down a little bit. Maybe they start throwing it, but then maybe they run a bunch, and maybe not. I don't know. I, the other prop I had was Bears 31, Panthers 23, exact score. <laughs> Bears 31, Panthers 23? Yeah. That's way too high a scoring. I, I don't mm. don't take that one. I think it's going to be that Bears. One. I think it's going to be Bears. You're not seeing the vision. Bears 20, Panthers 13. 
Bears. Wrong. But don't bet the Bears covering and the under to hit because that's stupid. Well, we'll say, okay, Bears cover and the over hits because that's probably more likely. So we'll say 23. Here's here's what I envision. Maybe it will be low score because I think the Bears can run. No, I'm sticking with it. Here's what I envision. (laughs) Bears get out to a big lead, and then the Panthers secure a garbage time touchdown. (laughs) That gives them 23 points. That's what I envision. I I envision there's a big DJ Moore touchdown, but it's mostly controlled on the ground, and it ends with the Bears winning. A lot maybe like the Jets game, but the Panthers give them a little bit more of a fight on offense. So I think it could go 23-16. That's my final score. 23-16. Actually, I don't hate that one. I like 31-16. Um, 30, wow. Also, that's, <laughs> that's a big L to the Bears. Seems horrible. Um, Seems horrible. DJ Moore, anytime touchdown score, good play. First time touchdown score, great play. And if you can find first play 80-yard touchdown, <laughs> that's, my, that's my other bold that's, take. That's I think, he, I think, he, I think it – yeah, it's like how bad could it possibly look? It's for the also Panthers? a Foreman revenge game. Okay, he'll go for he'll go for. <laughs> what's it? I mean, can you even what? What's his under over? Honestly, go the over, man. I bet He's you they under. work in a bunch of different backs. It's a Foreman revenge game. Yeah, Miles Sanders has nine total yards on seven carries. Dante Foreman <laughs> breaks out a, a a big one. Yeah, I like that. So under on all the Panthers rushers, over on all the Bears rushers. Uh, the Foreman, I don't even see it. I don't know if they know who's going to be healthy because right now the only over-unders are on Panthers players right now, Hubbard, Sanders. and Yeah, I, I, I saw the same thing. I was confused. I think it's because they don't know if Fields is playing exactly yet. If Fields doesn't play, I still think the Bears are going to win. <laughs> I think Bajan is beating Bryce Young head to head. If whatever, if, man. We have done this assuming that Fields is going to play because I believe that it I is think looking he's tracking pretty good. Too, right? I think he's tracking too. I just don't think it's for sure yet. If he doesn't play, ignore everything that you just heard. Matt, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Thank you for having. Rest me. up that voice in the next two hours <laughs> so we can record. I. It got a little froggy there at the end. Yeah, my. I've, so that's all I'm your still exit. That's, that's all your exit is going to be. So, tune in next week. Next week we actually have a good Thursday night game to talk about. I think it's it's Bear uh, Ravens Bengals. So I've got to bring on, I don't know, someone. It'll be easy to bring on a guest if I get to sell him on talking that on. But he's Zach. Shoot. Yeah. So Zach is coming on. Um, no one on this podcast knows who that is. But uh, thank you. And goodbye and good night.